0: When I was growing up, there was always a page in the Highlights magazine for children called, What's Wrong With This Picture? When you looked at it carefully, you always saw something that didn't correspond with reality. One wrong image that I remember for some reason was a hot air balloon that was flying upside down up in the sky. So when I saw it, I circled it. If you or I were to approach this gospel story that we heard at the very beginning of worship today, with the same mission to find what's wrong with this picture, we would be circling many things, I'm sure, because there are many elements of the story that are upside down in comparison to the way the world usually works. Take, for example, that image of a powerful king riding into the capital city on a lowly beast of burden. If the picture were right by the world standards, the king would be mounted on a steed, would be wearing armor, would be carrying a sword, not wearing the clothes of a poor peasant and coming empty-handed. That one is easy to spot right away. But it gets more complicated when we try and see this picture through the eyes of the people who welcomed Jesus in Jerusalem that day. In their Jewish tradition, they had been taught that God's ways are not like the ways of this world. Going deep into their communal story, they would have remembered that God expected that their kings would be different from all of the other proud, self-centered monarchs of the kingdoms around them. If you want a king, God had said, then your king must be a humble servant, a shepherd of the people. He must know that he is still my servant, that his power exists only for the purpose of protecting and blessing other people, especially the most vulnerable. That's the kind of ruler that the prophet Zechariah had spoken of many years earlier when he said to his Jewish audience, shout aloud, O daughters of Jerusalem, lo your king comes to you triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. For the rest of the world, this was an upside down image of power. Everyone knew that triumph and victory did not go hand in hand with humility and with submission. Everyone except Jews who had been taught to see power in a radically different way. And judging from the gospel story that we heard at the beginning of worship, it's clear that that way of seeing had been preserved by many in the Jewish community around Jesus. Otherwise, there is no chance that there would have been a group of people who would have seen him coming in that way and shouted, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. For them, the upside-down upside nature of Jesus' coming was actually the thing that made the picture right. Finally, they saw, again, what God had described. They saw what God's upside down world was and they responded with joy, with hope. As we move now into the mystery of Holy Week, the stories that we hear from Thursday through Sunday will be filled with upside down images such as this. The most glaring of all will be the image of King Jesus nailed to a cross as a common criminal The only way that you can look at that image and not draw a big circle around it is to look at it through the eyes of someone who has come to see power in a completely different way. And one of the early followers of Jesus that was given those eyes to see was St. Paul, his description of God's upside-down world in the letter to the Philippians that we just heard from. I think is one of the clearest messages in that regard that we'll ever find. In the world, as we still know it today, triumph and victory are synonymous with what I would call upward mobility. But in Jesus, Paul says, we find triumph and victory in the God who is downward mobile, the exact opposite. In words that have become central to our Christian faith, St. Paul says that even though he was in the form of God, Jesus Christ did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. But he emptied himself, Paul says, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself, became obedient, to the point of death, even death on a cross. Do you you feel the reverse pull of that love story? In a world that tells every one of us that we have to be upward mobile in order to succeed, in order to be happy, in order to thrive, Paul points us to a God who actually shows us that the opposite of that is true. In Jesus Christ, we meet a God who has all of the power and authority that exists. But instead of holding on to it, of grasping for more, Jesus empties himself. keeps coming down, down, (laughs) down until he finally comes to the deepest, darkest place where human beings can dwell. We confess that downward mobility of God every Sunday when we gather here for worship. When we say that the creator of heaven and earth was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, buried, and descended into hell. Have you ever thought about the radical nature of that? That downward mobility of God, By our standards, that is not a success story at all. That's a story of failure in our culture because it's the exact opposite of what we call the American dream. Instead of rising from poverty and obscurity to wealth and fame, Jesus leaves wealth and fame, leaves all that power and comes instead to be present in solidarity with the poor and the outcast. When I did a Google search on the American dream, the most common found words in all of the websites I looked at were rise to prosperity and upward mobility. We miss the radical nature of this story therefore. If we don't acknowledge that this way of Jesus is still as countercultural today as it was in the first century where Rome ruled. I think we just have to admit it as we gather here today that upward mobility is for the most part still the standard way by which we measure ourselves, measure success, measure failure. Are we making more money than we used to? Are we gaining more power somehow? Are we getting more recognition Are we moving somehow up the ladder at work in society? In the mainstream religions of Jesus' time, this is how people also measured the power of gods. Greeks saw them as deities who remained high, high above us. And when it came to power, they used it like we do. They used it to keep a distance, to distance themselves as far as possible from the real suffering the problems of this world. For the Romans, gods could also be emperors like Caesar Augustus, who reached the pinnacle of human power and authority by ascending to the highest throne on earth and then seeking to go even higher than that. But now in Holy Week, we enter the mystery of a god who turns all of this upside down And for us, there is no greater story of hope that we could ever hear. Think about it. Without the story of God's downward mobility, there would be no reason for any of us to hope that God would be present with us in the circumstances of our life today. Without the story of Jesus coming in humility to stand with us, and for us in all that we experience as human beings. We would feel like every person in our society who's left behind while others go forward to get all that they can. In the end then, what's wrong with this picture is actually pure gospel for you and for me because it leaves us with a profound hope that God's new kingdom will not look anything like the kingdoms that we build out of our own dreams. As Desmond Tutu said, God's dream is not the same as our dream, and for that we can be eternally grateful. In his book called God Has a Dream, Archbishop Tutu imagines God saying, I dream of a world where ugliness and squalor and poverty, its war and hostility, its greed and harsh competitiveness, its alienation and disharmony are changed into their glorious counterparts, where there will be more laughter, joy, and peace, where there will be justice and goodness and compassion and love and caring and sharing. I have a dream that swords will be beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, that my children will know they are members of one family, the human family, God's family, my family. That had to be the dream of Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem on that strange and wonderful day. And that has to be the dream of Jesus for you and for me today in this upside-down world that he calls the kingdom of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.